Uh, today's daf is daf Samech, and then yesterday we began the mission. It said Rabbi Shimon Omer Notnim lechavero 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 atu magiel lechatzerachitzona, and that was referring to the fact that it's preferable to start when you're transferring the tefillin to do so meaning like person to person. Now, what's that preference? Now, here the Panei Moshe fills in the gaps a bit from the Bavli, because the Bavli said it could because I'll just go back to the mission, the previous Mishnah. Towards the end of the Mishnah, it said yes. It says if if it was. It says, There's a lot, in other words, if there was a lot of fill in there, you should stay there. You should cover them over and holechlo. And then the, the Pnei Moshe that says, in the Gemara, says, That's where it's dangerous to even not only to be there, but even to carry it. Aval, if you're simply to say that till night time because it gets the crime is a bit difficult mit listin, then what you should do you should take them all you shouldn't please take a dalad amot wait listen dalamot and keep going that way and therefore you're not violating the isur of um, carrying on Shabbos and it was on that the Rabbi Shimon says not it's better that instead of doing on your own going lesson for amot every time there's a concern that what might happen is is that you might on the many times you're doing it, you might step past that four amod and be over an Isra Shabbos. So it's best then to use a, a make a chain of so many people such that you're sure you won't violate the prohibition. Now, obviously, the other shit, the way the Bible explains it, says, no, that's Avshem Milta. What are you getting a whole lot of people involved in, the, in this in the operation on Shabbos? So that was kind of the machlok in the Bavli. But you don't really see that here mentioned in your Shalmi at all, all this fill in the gaps. There's another example we'll see later on where uh, I mean, Pnei sort of does it. We see that quite a lot. And not that we learn Pnei so much, but he always tries to sort of marry the Yerushalmi. Well, it's not always, but it seems to be more like we, he tries to marry the Yerushalmi with the Bavli a lot of the time. And like fill in the gaps of the Shalmi that I don't know, that uh, he feels need to be filled in. Anyway, let's continue. But then we said, when it comes to the son, we said the example, if the child was born in a field, they can transfer the child in that way. The Rabbi Shimon says, and Rabbi says, one can even take a barrel, even if it went beyond the tchum. And Amr and the Chachamim says, no, you got run into a problem. The problem is, is we know the barrel and the water, everything is limited by the how far that the person themselves can walk. So how can you transfer this barrel full of water more than 2,000 amot? And we discussed that mission yesterday. So that's on the Gemara. Rebbe Le'ezer Abdimi says as follows. Tereo B'Shem Rabmana says, When do we allow you to transfer the baby in this fashion? Meaning make this chain of people. That's Makom Sakana. When it's a danger to the child. So in other words, this solution is not a Lechachiller endeavor here. To start transferring things in this fashion, it's only when there's a sakana to the child. Uh, Rav Mana says, uh, so that's, so motive lachavraya, the Tami says, if there's a sakana and a fashot going on here, then why are you even doing operation at all? Just pick up the child and take them. So it says, which is a very interesting point, meaning making this, what's a sakana of the child? It's not like, like a, a very, urgent distress of the child. It's just if you leave the child in the field, it could be a sakana for the child. And making this chain of people is a way of heter of solving the problem that's not going to compromise the child in it in the slightest. So therefore, if you have the heter at your disposal, you should use it. Which is interesting a take on this. Obviously, don't learn from these gemaras, but that's what that's what it seems to be. Meaning, if there's a heter way of doing it, which is I'm filling the blanks here, that there's no the child's going to be compromised in any way, then that's why it says make this chain of all these different people. Let's continue.
Um, Reish, uh, yes, Reish Lakish says B'Shem Levi Sochaya. But let me let me ask you just one thing: Is it a short time or long time? Wouldn't wouldn't you think that wouldn't you think that it that it's in, it, to get all those people together and to get them all in line and to get them all that that would automatically take more or well, okay. The, again, the assumption is it's not that this child is like in a hospital having some anaphylactic fit or something that every critical second counts. I think the assumption is what Alizah Gemara says, it was Be'efsha, meaning it's just not good for the child to be left in the field for such a long period of time. So therefore, I, it's not going to be compromised when you get those people together. And my other question is, if you have only two people, can you then go boom, 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 boom? Uh, it's boom. a good question. It's a good question. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I, 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 there is, I have seen this being discussed before, but I, I can't remember the answer. It sounds to be that... Um, I don't know. I don't want to commit on that. But it's, again, the, it seemed to be the way the Penemosh was explaining it, the concern of Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Shimon, if it was one person, if it was one person, then the concern is they might want more than Daladam. So maybe if you use two and they keep alternating, it might be okay, but I'm not sure. I think, um, yeah, I can't remember on this on this sugya, but because it's definitely a discussion. I'll see if I can find something and put it in the group later. Okay. Rebbe Shimon, Resh Lakish says, B'Shem Levi, Sukhaya. Matnita. So what are we talking about here? When Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that you can get this chavit of water all the way to the person, take it further than the tchum of the kli, Chachamim made a good, made a good argument. He says, what are you talking about? The kli itself is limited by 2,000 mil by the person. Is, um, that, that even if it's hefka, the person who finds it, or kind of komam, or whatever it is, it's going to be limited how far it can go. So he says, what are you doing? You're actually getting the water within the jug as far as you can take it if you like, and transferring to another jug, and that jug can go further. So the only thing that's really going more than 2,000 and what is, what is the water itself, not the jugs? So you're transferring from jug to jug. What does that achieve us? Because Diloch, and if it wasn't the case, add the word, it would be Asur. Um, because, again, the jug can't go further than 2,000. But it sounds like the water can. Why? Because this is a machlok we've seen a few times before. Because Rabbi Huda's Kedata, Rabbi Huda holds according to the opinion, Rabbi Huda um, uh, says... Here we change the words a bit. It says, like, like the Corbinator, because we're just potter the maim she'embo mamash. Now, what's this debate I'm referring to? Again, we've discussed it before. This is where, for example, some, they, people contributed and made some sort of cooked food together. Lots of different people that have different tumim each contributed different foods. We said that the final product will be limited in terms of the overlap of the tumim of all the people, right? Because of, because of all the contributions of the, of the people that were involved in contributing the ingredients, it's limited to where they can all walk. In, in other words, the overlap. Ah, but Rabbi Yehuda says, we're not limited by the one who contributed the water. That was his opinion. Okay? Because we said the maim embol mamash. Now, the, the, which is very interesting, because if you think about it, this is, that opinion of Rabbi Yehuda in that, in that case was only regarding water that's mixed into something else. What Rabbi Chaim points out, as we see, the coin to Rishalmi, Rabbi Yehuda would say, even if the w- water was on its own, I'll read Rochaim the end of this or, or, or the next page. It says, mm-hmm. which is quite a, again quite a novelty. The Rabbi Yehuda says water on its own is never limited by tchumim, okay? Because in mamash in that sense. Fine. Let's continue. And so someone who's reading a sefer now, Reb Chaim says that this whole sugya is referring to a sefer Torah specifically because you'll see a lot of leniencies that arise are referring uh, because um, of Kedushat Sefer Torah. But initially what it says, if someone's reading a Sefer Torah on the Eskopa, like the doorstep of his house, and, the, and as his, you can imagine he's rolling it up, one end of it rolls out and goes out into Rosh Hashanah. Okay? But he's still holding the other end. 
So what the Gemara said, what the Mishnah says is he can do gulalet so he can roll it back to himself. Now, what's interesting here is the Reb Chaim says this is dafka specifically because hashar mili for something else. Uh, I don't know if they made newspapers out of a scroll or something else. We say the gazrin and shemi yipola aritz. The concern is if we allow him to roll it back, then if it actually the whole thing fell out of his hands, he'll shemi yipola aritz v'ati letvinu. They'll end up bringing it back. So in other words, it's only a separate allow, allow rolling it back because one end's still in your hand. However, for anything else, we're concerned if we allow it to roll it back, that if it, if it fell out completely from your hand, we'll end up going and picking it up and bringing it in. So there's a more, there's a reason to make exera to prevent certain practices that might actually be mortar. But for a sefatora, we seem to be more lenient. Obviously, Mishum Kedushat Sefatora. Okay. Now, let's look at the next case. Hayak Begag. If someone was reading on, say, the roof, and as he's reading on the roof, one end of it falls and it unrolls. It says, if, it, if the end of it is below, is that, sorry, above 10 fachim from the ground, then he can roll it back because above 10 fachim from the ground is a makompator, it's not a problem. However, once it reaches 10 fachim to the ground, we say, then you've got to leave it there and you've got to turn it over. Okay, so there's two things to understand A, leaving it there and B, turning it over. So what's interesting here, the Pnei Moshe quotes the Bavli, who says, we're talking about where it, it's like the roof is, like the wall is slanted and it's resting below 10 Farakim. I'm sure you remember that um, from when you learned the Bavli. However, Reb Chaim doesn't seem to say that in this sugya, because he says the whole Bavli is working with the opinion that, this, that, that according to the first shita, that once it's within 10 Farakim in the ground, we say, Kluta Kamishu Chadami. So even if it's not resting there, the fact that it is within the space of 10 Farakim, which is the Rishut Rabim, it's as if it's resting in Rishut Rabim. Okay? So once it's already resting in Rishut Rabim, so it's like touching the ground, then we need to make a gzera. Because we're concerned that, that, you know, again, the same gzera that maybe will fall and go and retrieve it. That's a very re- real concern. So if it's above 10 fach from the ground, never reach Rishut Rabim. If one end touched the ground, then we have to be concerned the gzera applies. Ah, but what about the Sefer Torah? What about the Kabbalah of the Kitab? So therefore you turn it over. You turn it the other way around so the text isn't exposed. So in other words, we're sort of, there's a compromise between trying to mar- manage this concern by applying the Xera and Kabot Sefer Torah, and that's why you simply hop out like Ketav. What's interesting here is, is that why in the case of the Skupa, when it was on the doorstep, we didn't say Hofecha like Ketav, because it's effectively the same thing. Because again, if you're saying, Reaching below ten fucking eyes, hitting the ground. It's like on, when you're on the doorstep, it's re- rolling out to Shurabim and, and touching the ground. What's the difference? There, within the doorstep, you can roll it back to you. And on the when it's full, when it comes from the roof, we say otherwise. Okay. Because when it comes from the roof, it's completely open. When it's from the doorstep, it, it's not. It's not. It just. It's just a, a, a half a meter. Yeah, but the problem is we we but we're more makil on the doorstep. We let you roll it back. Yes. Yes, oh, you're saying that. Okay. So Reb Chaim, anyway, he, he quotes above, he says the difference is we're talking about on the doorstep, it's something to address it. We're talking about the major doorway that's, you know, the doorstep that is, you know, people walk on. Okay. Yeah. When it's dress hanging, it. Ah, address it. it, right? So therefore, when it's hanging from the roof, the is still going to be okay. Look, it's not so nice to be hanging from the roof, but it'll still be okay. But if it's on the doorstep, then still Mishum Kavad Sefer Torah, where we sort of, it's now overweighing the Xera even more so, so then you can go a lot, it's low, you can roll it back. That's that's how he's mechalic between the doorstep and the roof. Okay? So you say that if it's a rainy day also. Ah, when it's, ra- uh, when it's raining, uh, I think the Gemara discusses that, if I'm not mistaken, or if I saw it, was that yesterday? 
that was yesterday we were making with, with rain. Um, yeah, but I think so. Once, in other words, uh, uh, possibly, actually, possibly yes, because it sounds like that again. Because at the end of the day, we're sort of balancing Kavod Sefer Torah and the Gzeira in terms of the two. Yeah, so maybe it would be. I don't know. It, 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 it makes sense what you're saying. Okay, but anyway, that's the first opinion. Rabbi says, So in other words, Rabbi Huda in principle agrees with the first opinion that when it touches, if it touched the ground, you couldn't retrieve it because of the Xera. But he, he disagrees on one point, it sounds like according to this Mishnah, that he doesn't hold Klut Kamishun Chadami. So as long as it doesn't physically touch the ground, then it's not a problem, you can go to Okay. However, Rabbi Shimon's, this is our third opinion. Rabbi Shimon says, Omer, even if it touched the ground completely, it's low, you can roll it back. Why? Because if it's a matter of, in other words, at the end of the day, this is a gzera and there's no gzera that would impact the kavod of kitvei kodesh of a sefer Torah. Okay, so therefore you can go it's low. That's a three-way machloket. Now, the Gemara says, Matnini biskupa muteret. Now, there's two ways to understand exactly what we're talking about. And I read Rav Chaim. He says, In other words, he explains this mission is referring to Rosh Hashanah. It's Rosh Hashanah itself. And therefore, this is a space he could have taken the separate Torah there. And it went rolled out into Rosh Hashanah. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's one understanding. Another way of explaining what the Gemara is saying here is we're talking about iskupa muteret, meaning that it's enurachavadalid, and therefore it's a makom patur. Lachen, that's why it's that's why it's shari labi and it's law to bring it back to him. In other words, being nafkumina, by the way, you know, in terms of uh, um, because one is mamash, it's rabim to yach, but it's okay because still holding on it. Another way of understanding it, we're dealing with makom patur, okay? And therefore, umihu, if it is a makom patur. Then loyvu elal iskupa, you can bring it to the iskupa itself. Avoloch niso letochabait, we'll be able to bring it into the letochabait chutz liskupa into the house. Why? Because it's like we discussed before that while you can take rishirabim to a makom patur, and you can also take from a makom patur rishiyachid, you're not allowed to go the three steps. You can't take rishirabim to rishiyachid by the makom patur. Okay, fine. Then the Gemara continues. And the other Mephashim explains it's a continuation, but Rav Chaim says this actually in Yan Acher. It says, So you could say, the way the other Mephashim explained, you know, you don't have to say it's an Isko Muteret, but an Isko Asura would be different. Um, because, um, because you can simply could be that he was, how did he even get there? I mean, he had the Sefer get there, that's what the other Mephashim explained, that he was there from the onset of Shabbos. However, Rav Chaim doesn't explain it. He says it's an Inyan Acher, you're inside. Milta Ape Nafshahi. Says, what are we talking about? How is this person even there? What's he doing reading a scroll on the doorstep? It must be that he started before Shabbos. Why? To sit there and read. Not because, like the Alma Farshim say, because, you know, how did you even take it out there? Because it's a, if it's Makomasur, it'd be Asur to take it there. No. In other words, rather, because it's a solid system, this Kabbalah Kroba, Dilma in Gadir, Venafal, Shusarabim, Vatilitvinu. Meaning on Shabbat, even from the outset, you would be able to take a, the Sefer to sit there and read it there, because you're running with a high risk that it's going to fall out of your hand and you're going to be taking it. In other words, it seemed to be the Xer would apply even Melachachilaf to sit there and start reading, even if it hasn't rolled out of your hand yet, out of concern you might be. In other words, Chachamim do want people to play with fire, right? 
So it must be, the Mishnah could be, it must be, Kagon, Shayashav, Bekorem, Mirioskupa, Imbod Yom. He was simply reading on his Skupa, he was enthralled in his Sefer, Veshachach, Rikidesh, Alayom, and the Shabbos then came in. Ah, Mishum the Shabbat, Asulot, Sefer, Liskupa, the Kropo, Dilmegarbir. Right? Because the Shabbos would be asked to take it out to his Kupa, the Kropo, because again, we consider that, and I've just read the same line twice, but you get my point. Okay. Right, let's continue. Um, uh, back to the Gemara. So, now the Gemara says, or oh, therefore, Mishigila Asratfahim Asu. So that's, that's the opinion of the Tanakama once again, that it depends how far if the person sitting on the roof, how far the scroll rolls down. If it's within 10 Fahim, it's if it's touched the ground. That must be Divrei Rebio Hudahi. Now, the, just so you're aware, there are two shit that we've seen in the past that say that, that, um, that clue to Kamishu Hun Chadami, that if you're in this, something in the space of Rosh Hashanah as if it's landed. One is Rabbi Akiva, famously, like if you do Zrika, something that's below Tentvachim. And however, Rabbi Chaim says the Gemara specifically wanted to mention his opinion Rabbi Huda, which I'll explain the case in a moment, because it's going to bring a kasha, because the next opinion Mishnah is Rabbi Huda, so we're going to, it, it's, it's setting us up for a stira. Okay, that's what the Gemara is really doing here. What's opinion of Rabbi Huda? If you recall, this refers to an individual who threw something from the Rosh Hashayachid into the Rosh Hashayachid and went more than Dalad Amod. So he threw a distance. According to Rabbi Huda, you're Chayv Shtayim. Why are you Chayv Shtayim? Why? Because as soon as it leaves the Rosh Hashayachid and goes to the Rosh Hashayachid, we say, Klut we're assuming this is all happening below 10 Fachim from the ground. And then you also Chayv Mishum Havara Dalad Amod. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. So you see, Rabbi Yehuda holds the kluta in that case. Again, that case is you threw yachid to rabim all below ten tefachim in the ground. As soon as it exits, you shush yachid. It says it landed. That's that's what's And then you've also got the havara of when it's moving from that point further daladamot. We saw that opinion in more detail in terms of why isn't it considered landing every three seconds? If you recall, how's it? How do you even get to havara? Um, uh, fine. I think was it carrying or walking? It just, I think it was carrying. One second, let me double check. I just want to make sure I'm saying this right. Um, here, this is... Um, is that right? It was Rika. Good. To making sure it was. Okay. Fine. And this is... That was a story we saw back in Sefta Shabbos. Fine. So we understand now the Gemara... So the Mishnah saying, oh, the, the Tanakama's got to be Rabbi Yehuda because he holds Kluto Mikukumichu Let's Let's continue. Then it says, Mishigiyala Asrat Fachim. When Kritza Hofchoalaktav, you can simply turn... You should turn it over and leave it there. So Lama... Why do you turn it over? That's loit baze'aktav, so that the ktav itself, there won't be a bizayon for it. And that says, the ate kedamar rav acha b'shem rav shmuel bar nachman, sefer she'en alav mapa, hofech ala ktav shloit bazeh. If you've got a sefer that had to be open, we'll explain why it had to be open in a moment, and you don't have a mapa to cover it, you should turn it over. Mishum kavod the sefer Torah b'shem ktav. What's that case? So Reb Chaim explains a few different cases. He says, I'll read inside, kores, you know that someone's koreb a sefer, v'yatsa lechutz. And he's going outside. He's in the middle of reading a sefer, and he wants to go outside. The Einlum Mapai has got nothing to cover it over. He should turn it over. Lechasato. Inami. Another explanation is the Kotev Sefer Myris. A sofer is running a sefer Torah, and and Shemeniach Adioli Bech. And he wants to leave the ink to dry. Rotzela Gina Lav Shloi Yale Avak. And he wants to protect it from the dust settling on the ink as it's drying. So Im Einlum Mapai. He's got nothing to cover it over safely. Then you can turn it over. But what's the point? We learn from here. Despite the fact that really, that initially they don't allow you to separate, that you're not allowed to 
ideally put a sefer like ketav down. If you're given no other option, that's better than having nothing at all, to, you know, living it exposed. And that's why, so that's why, see, in our case as well, because you can't roll it up, but leaving it open would be a, even more of a busy on this, leaving it hanging. Now, the Gemara now continues with a second opinion. This is Rabbi Udo Omer. So if you recall, the second opinion was, it doesn't matter if it reaches within 10 Tvachim to the ground, but even if it's just a little bit hair's breadth above the ground, you can roll it back. So the Gemara says, one second. Now this is what we were setting us up for before. We said that Tanakama was Shid Rabbi Yehuda because he's Klu to Kermesha Unchadami. Now you've got the second opinion, which says, Rabbi Yehuda says, if it's within a, a hair's breadth from the ground, you can roll it back. Which sounds like it's not as if it's touching the ground. So we say we've got a problem. We've got a stira machlafashita teidera So we say taman hu amar asulishtamesh bavira sarava kwamahachi. We see elsewhere, like I explained before, that he holds that within tent from the ground is considered like his resting with Sharavit. And where here you're saying it's not. So Amar Lay Late Khan Rebihuda El Rebi Meir. Rather, what do you have to read? You have to read when it says Rebihuda or Meir, it should be actually Rebi Meir. Meaning it's Rebbe Meir that holds. I feel in Muslok Mina Aretz Elah Meloch Achot Gola Etzloh. Okay. So we know that Tanakam is Rebbe Yehuda. We know the second opinion is Rebbe Meir. And you've got Rebbe Shimon at the end. The Gemara asks now, okay, what's Shit Chachamim? These all Dayachid. What's Shit Chachamim in this situation? So Rebbe Yossi Meir, Beshem Rabbi Yochanan, Lo Saftafar Sefer Afilu Psukaya. Now Psukaya seems to imply that it's not only a full Sefer Torah, but even Psukim you can turn it over. Rebbe Chaim doesn't say that. He, he reads it as Psikaya. Meaning it's not only a separate Torah that have this leniency to roll it back. It would say it's above ten fachim from the ground or within ten fachim down, maloch from the ground. But a philo psike, what's psike? Psike is a belt. Even, even, even if it's not mishum ktushat sefer, chef uh, sefer Torah, we still are, in other words, just someone's belt rolls out. You'd be able to roll it back to you if it was within a few fachim from the ground. However, what's interesting to say is that if it touched the ground, Reb Chaim doesn't actually say this, but it would seem to imply that would be different because Rebbe Shimon says if it touched the ground properly, well, it's quite clear. Rebbe Shimon says, So it must be then we're talking about that if it's with the, the heter of Goliath's law, if it was hanging or, or if it was in, you know, if it was just like a, a head's breadth from the ground, being Goliath's law, that doesn't only apply to Kitvei Kodesh, it would apply to other things as well. Did you say a belt? Belt, yes, Chagura, a belt. Psikaya. Okay. So that's, so that, in other words, not psukaya, psikaya. No, because, the, because, and the Pneumoisha and the Korbana A that talks about, psu- let's say, a, a partial yeah. experience, are, are few psukim. Correct. So in other words, but what, okay, so the difference between the Pneumoisha, Korbana A and Rukhaim is that Rukhaimim are certainly more maker when it comes to this, uh, this, the Gzeira, how far we push this Gzeira. The question is, According to Pneumosh and Korbaneda, they take it to Psukim, not just a full Sefer. Even certain Psukim of Kitve Kodesh is considered enough of a reason to be Mekil. However, according to Reb Chaim, it seems to see that it doesn't, it's not just Kitve Kodesh. It just happened to be, sometimes we see in Mishnah, Dibrul, you know, they speak in a way that's common. Well, the type of thing would roll out of someone's hands, more likely to be a Sefer rather than someone's belt. But unless, even a belt, if, as long as you're holding one end of it, you'll be able to pull it back to, towards you. Okay. Uh, again, there's a discussion whether it's, it, it touched the ground or not, but um, I'll read that for another time. Okay, let's continue. 
Now, Aziz, we've discussed before, that's our little projection that's before the Chalon. And um, Rishut HaRabim are going underneath it. So, and we've seen before that a ziz is considered, even as, even though this ziz, this projection from the side of the building is above the Rosh Hashanah, it's considered like Chorei Rosh Hashanah. It's considered part of the Rosh Hashanah. Okay. So you're allowed to take things from it and place things on top of it on Shabbos. Yeah, the Bible goes in a lot more detail on this, but that will keep it with It says, so Amri la, so Amri lo amar elachat aval shtay masur. What are we talking about? We're talking about a ziz that's really outside, say, the window or the apartment of an individual, one person. However, a shared ziz, that wouldn't be the case. Why? Because then it becomes like the din of a chatzer and they have to make a error of chatzer to use it. However, now he would have changed the girsa quite a bit. That's b'shiyesh, not ain, b'shiyesh behen rochavarva. That's when that ziz is four by four. So it's like a reshut, like a chatzer in that sense. Aval ain bo, Change again. If it's ein borochav arba, then it's a makom patur. It will be a problem. So how did the Amarav Acha, the Shemrav Rav Yochanan, zizin v'kotel and shugovin asara, that are zizin a kotel that's gavoa asara, the einan that are not not the the einan rachavim arba. We say muta lakan ulakan bavaja yachalif. That as soon as it's considered makom patur, as we said, it's muta rishus arabim and rishiyachid to use it, but you can't machlif. You can't take from one place. To, in other words, Rabim to the Makom Patur and then to Yachid, or vice versa. Okay, what's interesting here that Rav Chaim goes into quite a richot here that there's the that the um, there's a Tosfot that seems to understand from this Yerushalmi, like the text we have, and not the way I changed it. That even four by four that's above ten tefachim the ground is considered Makom is considered Makom Patur. But he says that based on the flow of this Yerushalmi, we'd have to really change it around because we tie this into the sugya of Shterushot Mishdam Shobechad. Two ritual using the same ritual. And that will make sense if you're dealing with a ritual that's four by four and not with a makompatu. Fine. Uh, let's just, we'll get, begin the mission and then we'll stop here. Okay. Omer Adam. A person can stand. He's allowed to stand and move items in the Meaning, if he's in Yachid and, and moving things with Rabim, he can't move them for more than four Amot because then he's moving something which you can't do even if you're standing in Rosh Hashanah. Okay? And then also, again, we'll go into the more detail in tomorrow's year, but let's get, and then just to finish the Mishnah. Someone's not allowed to stand in one Rishut and urinate to the other because they're doing Hotza effectively. And same thing for the Rok, it's also not allowed to spit as well. And Rabbi Yehuda says, even if he's, he's spittle, his spit is sort of detached from his mouth and happens to Rabbi, he wouldn't be able to walk Dalad Amut. However, Reb Chaim points out that the Bavli says here, uh, there's, that's only for Tom Kichel Vanil, more like phlegm, not a little bit of spit, because that has, when it, once it's Ava, Shomotzi Migronol, that, that thick stuff like phlegm you bring out, that's when it's more substantial, that once it's been detached and you, you can't walk down that Amosur Shabim, because then it will be considered carrying. Okay, this is an introduction. Tomorrow, Mr. Shem will pick up from here too. All right, Koltov.